Welcome to the Lead with Purpose podcast, created to help you achieve the success and fulfillment you're seeking, not only in your job, but across all aspects of life. My name is Louise van der Vesthazen, and in this episode, we'll be using the expertise of the parent career coach, Lisa Brennan. Lisa is an experienced HR consultant, a certified coach, one of our team members here at The Purposeful Leader, but most importantly, she's also a parent. Today, we're going to talk about returning to work post-maternity, the reality of it, and how we can navigate our way through it. So firstly, welcome, Lisa. Hi, hi, Louise. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your expertise on your specialist subject. So maybe you can start with telling us about your returning to work story and going back after maternity leave. Yeah, um, I think my return to work will be slightly different to some a lot of people out there um, because I am self-employed. Um, I will have experienced a lot of the same feelings as other people, but just a slightly different approach. Um, I actually went back to work at four months when my house was four months, oh um, which was much earlier than I really wanted to. Um, now I did, I, I was only back two days a week, but it was still a huge thought, but as someone that's self-employed, it's not it's not just about going back to work and starting to deliver for clients. It's actually about building that client base back up. You know, you have been out of work um, for four months and there's nobody there generating that for you when you're like yeah. a one-person business. So it just means that, yeah, I had to really get focused on again raising my profile marketing um thinking about business planning what what did I want my working situation to look like um because my preference wasn't to go back full-time could I afford not to go back full-time when I'm the only person in that business and actually I think I probably underestimated how difficult it would be to build things back up having not been there for four, four, and only four months. Um, I think that's been a much harder um, journey than, than I would have expected. As a um, self-employed person, oh, that anxiety, I suppose, every month ticks by. That The longer you yeah. wait, the longer it could impact you. Yeah, and I, I was lucky. I got like one client came on board fairly quickly and, you know, they're, they're still with me now mm. and I, I delivered HR support for them. But I, although that was good in some ways, it was also really daunting because I was a bit like, uh, I, I've not actually had a conversation about any of this. I've not, you know, had to write a contract for someone. I've not had to write a policy for a while and... What, what does that actually look like? Have things changed? How much have things changed even in that four four month space? So for people who are out for nine, 12 months, you know, that's an even bigger consideration, I think, probably for them going through their heads. But even in that 16 week window, <laughs> it was a, a, a thought for me. I was also, every time I had a meeting with this client, it was my God, do they actually believe what I'm saying to them? Do they, do they think I'm telling them the right information? Are they going to take this advice on board? Which they always did. Um, but the nature of the support I give them is quite ad hoc. So sometimes I wouldn't hear from them for a few weeks. 
And then I would be like, did you question yourself? <laughs> delivering each half of them. And although, you know, the contract was set up, it was all, you know, in place. And that was the agreement we had, what would be ad hoc. I still would question, you know, is it is it okay to invoice them? Is it okay? You know, I feel like I've not really done that much. It feels like a lot of people all of a sudden just get this doubt. I know obviously from personal experience, but also from clients that I have supported um, in a coaching capacity, you know, that this aspect of return to work, um, it really brings out imposter syndrome. It's something, I mean, obviously imposter syndrome can come on at any point in someone's career, you know, when there's something big happening, you know, you might have to give a presentation, you might have to... Um, run an event you you might be getting a promotion and you, you've got that worry that you know people are going to find out I don't actually know what I'm talking about the reality is that you do <laughs> or you know as much as is required for the job and I think with mums having that time out it really has a, a huge impact because if you think about it if you're starting a new job People expect you not to know anything really about company, about the way things are done, uh, the processes, the systems. If you're out for six months, a year, and things change, I mean, the business world changes so much, like so quickly now. So when you go back after maternity leave, there isn't always somebody saying, oh, this is actually what's new, this is what's happened in the last 12 months, because for them, just constant process of change and they've all just got used to it. it's just evolved over that period of time whereas for you as a working mum coming into that situation it's like this is totally different but you don't know what you don't know so it's really hard to ask what's different you know has this changed or that changed because you don't know yet yeah um, so I think it's like imposter syndrome, but an exacerbated version of it. <laughs> the other weird thing is like everyone always goes like they mock the idea of baby brain. But in my, you know, it's so true, isn't it? I mean, you lose words like I don't even think of them now myself. Terminology that you were using before that's just left your brain. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually quite impressed that I was able to say exacerbated there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I do. I, I feel like I've got a good vocabulary. I quite like using words that I've, I've read and I go, right, OK, I know how to use that. Like, not just as like a child, but, you know, as an adult, I, I quite like to use the right word for the right occasion. Um, So, yeah, that, that whole thing about there's a word here but I just don't know what it is it's very frustrating especially when you're mid-flow and you're and someone's asked for your opinion and you want to to give it across accurately but you know this whole aspect of baby brain there is like medical evidence to support that it's it's a thing you know it's not just like it's not just down to tiredness it's not just um, you know your hormones playing up because you know you're you've had a baby the way you process cognitive information changes as you are pregnant and it takes a while for that to return you know so women find that right from early stages of pregnancy they have that 
they've forgotten where they put things, they can't find the word that you just spoke about, you know, they aren't really very sure of what, well, actually they go into a room and they're like, I don't know why I'm in here now. You know, they don't know what they're going to do next. And I think when you go back to work, that also presents itself and things like, yeah, I've written countless reports or put together presentations, I've worked with Excel, but actually you're sitting there and you're going, my brain is, is not firing that way anymore. But it just takes a while for you to get back into the swing of it. It's like mild amnesia, really, in a way. Yeah, I mean, it has been called mumnesia. At that, oh, is it? Yeah, that, that is used. And I think it is quite hard because when you talk about mumnesia or you talk about baby brain, I always feel like there's quite negative like yeah. connotations around about it that it's a bit like um, dismissive of women <laughs> who have given birth because you're like, things are quite frustrating. So you don't want to be belittled, somebody making a joke about it. Like a, a recent report um, that was carried out by the um, Pregnant and Screwed team, they have said that I think 85% of women feel like they have been discriminated against by situations like this where they have been belittled on their return to work because people are making jokes about got baby brain or, you know, they're just... Not you're not delivering, you're not capable anymore. Um, is, is how they felt as a result of some of the comments being made to them. And you know what the reality of it is, people are trying to make it a bit light-hearted when someone is struggling to find a word. But I think the impact of other people who either have never had children, you know, or the might be men, you know, that are, are making these jokes that have just never had to experience it. I think that's when it's really hard for women to <laughs> accept it as a joke. <laughs> it seems to be it's all these little concerns like the baby brain, the kind of brain fog, you know, I'm tired, I can't cope. All these concerns are the things that kind of mean that people start getting such fear and maybe lose their confidence. I mean, you've put in your blog, you wrote six really great points about ways to like help reduce that fear and boost that confidence maybe you could talk us through all those points to help us yeah I mean I think I think it's like anything no one really talks to you about this when you're going on maternity leave because it's all this is really nice you're going to go off and have a baby and you know you're not really thinking about that what happens when you return to work at that point but I think actually that's where for a lot of people they should start thinking about their return to work is when they are leaving and by that I think it's really important to think about what you feel you're really strong at where you think this is where I add value and um, you know whether it's at work whether it's at home you know what is it that you are doing that you think yeah I, I'm really great at that that is something that I enjoy doing. It's something that I get a lot out of and I feel like other people do too. Um, so it's recognising that for yourself, but it's also asking other people, peers, line managers or your family, you know, what, what do you see as my strengths? And 
you would be probably quite surprised by what people will come out with. You know, they might actually give you some um, feedback on your strengths that you have never had before. And for me, I think you, you don't really necessarily need to read that at that moment in time. You can put it all together in an envelope. Just remember where you put the envelope. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then when you are getting ready to go back to work, you know, maybe a month or so beforehand, start reading through that information and start thinking, wow, this is what people really think about me or this is what, what I thought about myself. And it's a really great way to boost your confidence before your confidence has got a chance actually to get low. Yeah. Um, and just really to start remembering the positive aspects because your brain is kind of hardwired to think about the worst situation and what you're going to do in that, that situation. So when you are thinking about going back to work and you're thinking about how much time you've had out and your confidence and not feeling as confident as you did when you stopped work, then this is a great way to actually make sure that you've got evidence there that supports so this is actually the truth. It's not what's actually going on in my head right now. This wee voice, remembering that one time you forgot to do something or the one time that you sent an email to the wrong person or whatever it might be. So rather than focusing on these occasions that happen to everyone and, and kind of blowing them out of proportion, this is a great way to, to actually focus on the strengths and help you be confident as you walk into the workplace that first day. So it's like positive reinforcement. Yep, positive reinforcement, yeah. Perfect. And what's the next yeah, one? Yeah. Number two. Yeah, I think the next thing is is just really doing it. Um, you know, it's to obviously borrow on a slogan from, <laughs> from <laughs> yeah. but um but yeah I think a lot of the time when we are anxious or we have a fear about delivering we're uncertain about certain things we tend to put things off it's a bit like burying your head in the sand you know it's a bit like if I don't look at it you know it's not there it's not happening yeah. um so I think one of my best pieces of advice is to just actually go ahead and do it especially where it's something that you know when I spoke about earlier writing that report putting together that presentation things that you haven't done obviously for quite a period of time and your brain isn't quite firing in the same way as it was previously it's never going to start to do that again if you don't actually start to do the things that you used to do um so it's about getting on top of that rather than procrastinating and putting it off because when you procrastinate and put it off it just gets bigger in your head and it just like again blows out a proportion probably so tackling it head on you know you might have to write a couple of versions of something you might have to um you know do part of it walk away come back you might yeah. realize that it's going to take me longer than i thought thought it would to get this all down but you will realize you do have the information the knowledge the understanding to actually do it it's just getting used to to doing it again. And then thirdly, you've mentioned like asking questions. Yeah, yeah. 
I think it that really links back to imposter syndrome because often you don't want to ask a lot of questions because you think oh, this is somebody's going to find out that I don't really know what I'm talking about because I'm asking so many questions about this. But especially when you've been out of the office for a period of time and things have changed, it's really important for your awareness and your own understanding as well as how then you support others or pass that information on um, to make sure you've got all of the right information. And so I, I think for most of us, you know, as much as you'd like to think, I'm great, I can do all these different things. You can't do everything. You can't, you're an expert in what you do, but other people are also expert in what they do. So it's about drawing upon the expertise of other people. It's about drawing upon the knowledge of others who have been there during that period of time, who've experienced whatever change it is, whatever new system, new process. How do, how do you do that? How, how does it work? How has it been accepted? You know, so ask all of the questions that you need to to feel comfortable with any situation. And I, I personally, I used to be not so much afraid of asking the questions, but afraid that if I asked too many, it would look bad or it would look like I couldn't retain the information. Um, or if I wanted to get different perspectives and I perhaps asked the same question to different people. Um, but I think don't worry about how many times you have to ask the, for the information. It's all about, as I said, making sure that you're comfortable, that you have what you need. Um, I don't really try not to worry about what other people think. I mean, I know <laughs> I was going to say don't worry, but I know that that can be hard. Um, Try not to think about what anyone else thinks. They, they probably are just like, if you're asking a question, I'm going to answer it for you. It's a really... It's, it's like we all think so much deeper than other people are. They they will never remember that they got asked a question about something. Yeah. Whereas we're yeah. thinking, overthinking, oh, we shouldn't be asking this, shall we ask it? But it's actually yeah. like a, a minor thing, really, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. I know. And it's. I think, again, it, it's, it's because you've not been there for so long. And you might feel that you that's all you're doing all day is asking questions because you're trying to get you <laughs> trying to get used to again this this workplace, which is the same in some ways, but very different in others. You know, so it, it it's perfectly okay to ask all those questions and it's probably the most helpful thing you can do. I, I actually I'm always really impressed when I hear people asking questions and I go, oh, I never thought about it like that. I would never have thought to ask that question. So you're not only helping yourself, you're probably helping other people in the room who might not want to ask the question or hadn't really thought about it in the way you have and, and are looking for an answer they hadn't really thought about. You know, so it's all about diversity at the end of the day. So um, and diversity of thinking is a big part of that. So, yeah. Go for it. Ask, ask me. <laughs> and OK, so number four is about building a support network. Yeah, I mean, some places are really great at doing this. Some some employers have got, you know, that completely sewn up. They've got you a buddy when you return, somebody who's been on maternity leave, someone who's experienced that return to work, who can 
be a point of contact there for you. But actually, if you don't have that set up, you know, tends to be in quite large organisations. So if you work in a smaller organisation or if where you work for, they've just not got that in place yet, then it's about setting that network up for yourself um, and, you know, trying to understand, well, who else is a parent here? You know, and how recent have they experienced this return to work that you're experiencing? Um, you know, and don't be afraid to talk to um, dads or, or partners as part of that network as well, because, you know, they're also seeing what the mother of their child is experiencing as they're um, returning to work, as they're dealing with, um, you know, career choices at any point. So I think it, it they do have some kind of understanding. So it's great to also include them in your network. But yeah, I would say the first month for me in particular, I felt quite isolated when I went back to work so although I was dealing with clients I was speaking to them you know I was speaking to people on just in general relation to my, my own business and networking with that I felt a bit like a fish out of water um I felt like I didn't really fit even though it's my own business <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I thought I really need to reach out to other people and ask them, you know, how do they feel? Is this normal? You know, will, will I ever stop feeling like this? You know, so I, I did reach out to some women that I previously worked with, um, some friends that had kids and just spoke to them about it. And they were like, oh, yeah, it's hard. And people don't really talk about how hard it is because I think, again, it it goes back to the imposter syndrome you don't want people to know that you're struggling you don't want people to think you're not capable you're not the same as you were before that having a baby in some way has hindered your ability to actually carry out your job so I think it's really important to have that network people that you can draw on from experiences and not feel so alone in that situation get the support you need you know even if it's just having a 15 minute catch up with someone to say oh, this is how I'm feeling today did you ever feel like this and and know somebody else did you know it's not negating that's how you feel there and then but it is telling you right okay I'm not the only person that felt like this and actually I'm not going to feel like this forever it feels so good to know when you're you're not actually alone you're all kind of just trying to survive the same thing so number five is remember it's okay to make mistakes. You made mistakes before you had a baby. You will make mistakes after you had a baby. And I, you hear so much about organisations when they talk about their culture and their values and they talk about this is a safe environment to make a mistake. This is how you learn. You learn from mistakes and you share your mistakes with other people. You don't actually really hear many people talking about the mistakes that they've made. You don't really hear much of that sharing going on. You don't hear really about the lessons learned so much. I think I've worked in one organisation that did that really well. Um, and in other places, it's still, my 
God, there's a reaction when somebody does something that wasn't yeah. really quite what was supposed to be. And it's not a reaction that makes you think that's a safe environment to make a mistake in. Yeah. So, <laughs> so when you go out of out of work for maternity leave and you come back like all those months later, again your your memory of like what it's like when you make a mistake can be not a great experience to think about. So I think it's important, as I said, to understand you did make mistakes. People just don't really talk about them that often. You will make mistakes again, and that's okay. The point is you just need to learn from them. And the, the client I spoke about earlier, who I um, am still working with now, I, I made a mistake with them um, probably in month three. I think it was month three. I had to put together a document for them and it, it was so external for them. And when I put together the document, I used the information that was given to me and I went ahead and like gave it to them. They were happy with it. And it wasn't until afterwards in a conversation and the the, the contact that I have there said something and I was like, That's that's not what that means. And so he was a bit like, all right, what does it mean? So then I had to explain. And I was like, well, you asked me for this. I've given you this. But what you wanted from what you're telling me now is actually something else. And he was like, yeah, you're right. And so it was like a mistake because I probably should have made more clarified or clarified it yeah or um yeah all the things that, that you do anyway in your day-to-day -day job but also he didn't specifically ask for for it you know so there was a miscommunication there I, I can take I can accept that that was my fault that that's happened I mean it was rectified fairly easily it wasn't hugely impactful but for me and my reputation, I felt that that was impactful. And I think that's the same for a lot of women. When you go back to work, you do want to prove that, you know, you're still the same. You can still deliver at work. You can still understand and you're still the expert. But actually, when you make a mistake, no matter how small it is, you're beating yourself up about that because you're thinking, oh, that just shows that because I've had a baby, I can't do this the same way anymore. Um, the reality is that mistake I made could have happened to anyone. It could have, um, you know, happened before I went on maternity leave. And I had spent, I would say, probably a good 10 days beating myself up about it. Like, you know, for them, they were like, well, that was just, that was just a bit of an error. It was a bit of an admin error. You know, that's all yeah. right. You know? feel we're we're fine with that um they extended their contract with me um I feel like they previously had an HR service that they used and he said oh they phoned me to ask um you know if we would like to go back to them and he said no I've got somebody that actually knows what they're talking about and just hearing that you know that was just a bit of a throwaway comment for him about oh you never believe who phoned me 
but that for me was like, my God, I actually know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's so nice when you hear other people thinking that about you. Um, but when I made the mistake, I didn't feel that way. So I would say, like any point, own your mistake, learn from it, talk to people about it, and also think about right well actually how impactful was that you know have people moved on from it did it really damage your reputation in any way you know a bit like what you said earlier on when you're overthinking things and other people are a bit like yeah that's like yesterday's news we don't even we forgot that it even happened you know whereas you're still dwelling on it give yourself permission to say that's okay I made a mistake but actually I've fixed it or I've learned from it whatever perfect um okay so the last one is being honest when you're not having a good day I think it's easy to again think when you are in that situation again you don't want it to look like because you've had a baby now that you're not reliable you're not credible in your job that you can't do what you said you would and the reality of it is, you know, life happens. Um, sometimes your child is unwell. Sometimes they're teething and they just don't sleep. Um, sometimes, you know, as a result of them not being well, either you're unwell, your partner's unwell, you know, things that just didn't really happen as frequently, you know, happen quite regularly now. You're mental and physical ability to actually carry on the way you used to you're you're in a completely different situation and it feels really alien and sometimes with the best will in the world when you've said I'll get that to you tomorrow you just you physically or mentally just cannot get to it it could be issues with childcare, issues with like transport that mean like strikes at schools that mean you've got to deal with teaching your kids at home or whatever it might be all of these things yes are sent to try us and they definitely do but they're all things that happen in day-to-day life and they're all things that a lot of other people understand because they have gone through it and so there's no shame in actually saying I'm actually really struggling today because of this I always feel like people can be empathetic if they know what the problem is but yeah. then they're just making assumptions if they don't right that's it and you can be as honest as this is what's happening for me today and this is what I need for you be realistic with yourself and be honest with yourself and other people perfect thanks so much for those six steps Lisa it's been really helpful you've covered some great content and I think it would maybe be good if the listeners are happy that we continue or do a part two here where we can delve a little bit deeper into a few more examples. So let's start with we asked some of our followers if they had any questions for you. Um, One of the questions here is the previous job they had didn't suit them as a parent. So they're trying to find another direction, but they feel lost and have feel like they might have to start from the bottom of the career ladder again. Do you have any advice for them? Yeah, actually, that's a really common situation that a lot of women find themselves in at this kind of stage when they are returning to work, that they start to think about, is this actually the right career for me or the right employer for me as I 
I'm looking for something that's going to be more flexible for me and my family because life has changed. You know, so sometimes your career no longer matches what you need in your home life, possibly doesn't always match your career ambitions at that point as well. Do you always need to start from the bottom? No, it's really important for anyone to sit and consider all of their experience holistically. What is it that you're trying to achieve next? What is the next step for you? What skills, knowledge, understanding do you have from your current situation and from your career to date that would give you some of the skills or be able to demonstrate you've got transferable skills that can move across? If you have done things like people leadership or if you've led projects, if you've been involved in setting strategy, business development, or you have qualifications that support you in project management, whatever they might be, all of these things are essentially things that could be transferred from one field of expertise to another. It demonstrates that you can operate at a particular level, whatever that level might be. You know, you might be really good at organising in your day-to-day life. You might decide you want to be a decluttering coach, you know, so there is links there. You might decide that you have previously worked in, I don't know, HR or communications, but you want to go into marketing. You know, so as what have you experienced internally within organisations and externally that, you can demonstrate I've got some of the skills already that would mean you don't need to start at the bottom because you can transfer them across. You can think about what, what do you need in terms of underpinning knowledge. Um, you can think about how do you get that, you know, do you read books, do you listen to Audible, do you watch TED Talks, whatever it might be, give you some additional um, knowledge and understanding that you can then apply in situations. You don't always necessarily need to go and have another university degree. I would say it probably depends on how different career path that you want down. The more similar it is in terms of working environment, um, industry sector, things like that, then probably the easier it is to transfer across a, a similar or maybe just one kind of level down about the organisation you work in now, do they have the opportunity to perhaps help you retrain in something else that might give you the flexibility? Because is it just the job role that's not giving you what you need for your career at the moment? Or is it actually that's that whole organisation? There are some organisations that run returner programmes, particularly if you've been out for over 18 months, then that's a good opportunity to change career direction and something completely new. Um, and again, you're not starting from the lowest salary or the lowest rung on the ladder um, because they will they will match you against a role bringing all the wealth of experience that you've got with you. A lot of people look to set up their own business and there is so much help and support out there. It's important for you to try to carve out some time to think about what that next step looks like. Um, which I know is difficult if you've got children, perhaps if you haven't really thought about what that next step will be. Try to get some support. You know, again, speak to friends, speak to family, and um, speak to peers if you think they're be able to give you advice um, that doesn't impact what, what's happening with your current employer. 
um, you know, speak to mentors, speak to career coaches, other people who might be able to give you insights and support as you're thinking that through. Um, but definitely doesn't always mean you start from the bottom. Um, okay. You've got a whole career's worth of experience to draw upon and transfer across. Perfect. Okay. Um, one more question here. They were just saying they kind of feel like it's impossible to succeed at their work life or being a parent, and they just want any advice. Yeah, it's that constant dilemma, isn't it? Am I doing any of this good enough? Am I being a good enough parent? Am I being a good enough employee? I think that's probably never going to go away fully, you know, because you'll always second guess. I think you have to just focus on what you're doing at any given time. When you're at work, focus on work. You know, be clear on what's expected of you. Um, you know, speak to your line manager about that. A lot of people, I think especially women, you know, and there's documented evidence of this, that women always feel they've got to try and do even better than what's expected of them to feel like they've done enough. You know, so I think it's really important to get clarity on as expected of you what is it that you need to do what will be seen as you are achieving you are adding value you are um, providing the impact that is expected of you and your job role and then think about that how does that sit with you because actually quite often you think yeah they want this but actually I'm going to do this what's realistic for you um you know and and the time that you've got because previously you might have worked additional hours to deliver something that was much better but now you might not want to do that because you've got other commitments and other priorities at home and you want to spend that time doing, doing something else so I think it is getting that clarity know what's expected of you and the time that you've got at work if you feel someone's asking something of you that you go you're asking me to do that but there's only I only work five days a week, that's going to take this length of time, 10 days or whatever, then let them know, um, you know, don't let somebody push the boundaries of expectations so it makes you feel that you're the person that's not delivering when the reality is they're expecting too much and um, maybe they don't understand how long something's going to take, it could be something new that no one's experienced before and, um, you know, so again it goes back to that being honest with people um, you know asking the questions getting the clarity and I think once you've done that for your work life be kind to yourself as well about when you're at home this is where you want to be so you focus on that and you try to make sure that work doesn't encroach on that as much as possible and um, you know so be clear on what your boundaries are put those boundaries on your out of office you know be clear on when you will and won't answer emails um, or pick up the phone if it's out of hours. And I, I think there's more respect for that now post-COVID anyway, um, you know, when there is a bigger focus on mental health. But being clear on what those boundaries are with the people that you work with, and again, it's about the honesty, allows you then to be more present when you are at home. You probably always feel guilty that your child's at nursery or at school and someone else is spending more time with them than you are on days. But that's true of all parents, you know, so you're not doing 
anything different, you're not doing anything wrong, you know, and it's about giving yourself permission to accept your child is going to be educated <laughs> and they are starting to live their life and they are learning skills and they are learning um, how to socialise and they are becoming young people who, you know, one day will be going out to work themselves. So I think you're helping them prepare in the best way you can. You're there for them, you're present with them at home, you know, but you're present at work and setting that good example of this is what it's like to be a working parent. Thank you. That's great. Just going from my personal experience, I actually had quite a an extended career break with both of my kids looking after them at home and I'm marketing background and I kind of felt like everything was changing, different platforms were being used. I was kind of like, I was becoming a piece of outdated technology type feeling about redundant in my knowledge. Um, what kind of advice would you give to someone that was had my kind of similar situation? I mean, I, I think it's amazing when people do have the opportunity to, to take those long periods out. But I can see that there is that worry and your experience but also people that I've coached in the past you know they they do feel like can I actually go back into that do I need to retrain and do something new um but the reality is yeah things have evolved but anyone going back to the office post maternity you know whether that evolution has been in the four months that I took or the, the four years you know that, that you might have taken until your kids go to school that awareness, right, things have changed. So what, what do you want to do about it? Um, and there's there's different things you can do. You could retrain, like, and retrain in your own field, retrain in something different. It's about thinking about who is the employer that you are going back to the workplace with, how supportive of they are, are they of the fact that you have had that career gap and that, it might take you six months to get back up to speed. Um, you know, what can you do personally to bridge some of that gap and awareness of platforms? Sometimes you don't know what systems or platforms people are going to use until you're actually in an organisation. So to start learning about different ones might be a bit, you know, of a redundant effort because you could learn about some systems and platforms then go into an organisation. That's not what you use. Um, so I think... Some of it is, again, go back to that. This is your career to date. This is everything that you have proven that you have done in the past. And it's really good to think about and remember that is what I've achieved. And that demonstrates to you that you can achieve these things and should highlight that you can achieve these things again in the future. And so... You might need to learn a new platform. You might need to update your knowledge and your skills. But essentially, all of the, the background is there. All of the, the skill set that you need to deliver is still there to draw upon. Um, it might just be a slightly different way of using uh, delivering it. Um, and I think that's where, again, it's thinking back to what can give you that confidence boost what do you know that you're good at? And again, ask other people to think about what, what do they see in you? What do they remember about you in the workplace? What were you good at? What can you draw upon? 
um, and use that to support any learning either you decide to do or that an organisation will support you in doing. Um, and I mentioned these returner programmes earlier and more and more of the larger organisations are doing them, sometimes to support people as they retrain and do something completely different. But it can be to retrain again in your own field, you know, because not just returning mothers, you know, you have people who have been off, who've been caring for relatives and um, who have perhaps had a long term illness. And, um, you know, they've been through a bereavement, you know, and they've taken some time out. They might have had mental health issues. You know, so people are out now for so many reasons. And actually, just because you weren't delivering in that particular role, doesn't mean that you stopped developing as a person. You know, you've been developing all the time. You've been picking up different skills. Anybody that can wrestle a toddler to, you know, get them dressed in the morning, you know, is like a, a plan in that as a mission in itself. So you have definitely got, as I said, additional skills that you've you've built during that time that you probably haven't really thought about because you've just thought, that's just what I do every day at home for my family. But what you do at home every day for your family is building up those transferable skills again. Um, you know, it's adapting to things very quickly, very, very quickly. It's being able to plan and organise. It's being able to be proactive, be reactive. It's all um, skills that you can draw upon um, to add to and enhance what's already there in the background rather than thinking about it as this is a gap that I've got um, and definitely again post-Covid definitely more acceptance of the fact that people have gaps in their CVs. You know I think you're so right because I mean for me it definitely was a case of I just lost confidence and was scared of stuff I didn't know but then actually as soon as you get into it have all the foundations that are all there that can do it and then learning something new is quite quick as long as you've got the foundations of you know all your skills to apply to it then all of a sudden it it's actually not as bad as you think it's gonna be yeah yeah I think that's like it's like most things in life and I think um I said employers are much more open to those gaps and I think when you look at how companies are viewing like diversity and inclusion and equality they are much more switched on I think about um, people returning to work for different reasons and actually how that can enhance their business um, yeah. rather be a oh my god we've got to train this person practically from scratch you know they, they don't think that way anymore because actually what you've been through although you've got that knowledge and understanding and the foundations you I've also now got a different perspective at looking at what you've so done true. previously. And that different perspective, again, is another aspect of diversity of thinking that companies are craving um, because in their client base or customer base, whether it's business to business or business to consumer, there will be people there who have a similar perspective to you so it's good for them to know and have someone in their employee population that that can deliver that perspective for them 
It's interesting because I used to work in kids television marketing and we were all there and we none of us had our own kids. We were just young adults doing this. And then I look back on how if I was doing it now with my knowledge of children and, you know, the way they consume television and what they I mean, my my input would be completely different. So yeah. it would, you know, in a way they would benefit from having more of the kind of mums returning to work to give that perspective definitely definitely and I think um I think some of it has to do with confidence but I think some of it also has to do with how organizations promote that level of support I think when you you look at organizations advertising for job roles and very few of them talk about this is what our family friendly policies will be you know, so as a parent, you know, you can think, yeah, actually, that's a company I'd like to work for because at this stage of my life, that's something I'm interested in, rather than it being, yeah, we have a days or they have a bar on the roof, whatever it might be. I've seen so many weird and wonderful job adverts recently, um, but I think those companies that learn to be um, more inclusive when they're listing what they have to offer um, will be the ones that certainly attract these parents back into the workplace and get that different perspective. Just just looking, we've given, you've given quite a few examples, but is there any, you know, examples from your coaching that you've done with parents where you can see different situations or scenarios where people, you know, have made some decisions and it's really helped them? Have you got any examples? Every, every single woman is different and every single woman's return will be different and when I'm coaching clients you know it's generally that same situation it's like I'm going back to work and I don't really know what that to look like um but for different reasons you know I've worked with some women who are desperate to get back to work they're desperate to um you know get back into the workplace to prove that they they're still um, got what it takes they are still ambitious they want to continue with that career um but, but they feel guilty for it you know because they are thinking oh I should want to spend more time with my child and then you see the flip side other clients I deal with they're like I used to be very career driven but now I, do, I don't want to work five days a week I want to um you know, be the person that's doing the majority of childcare for my child rather than them going to a nursery or childminder. And both of those situations are kind of the flip side of one another. Um, it's very much don't think about what anyone else is, is doing. Think about what's right for you and your family and do that because if what's right for you and your family, that you are out there, you're driving your career because that makes you you know happy and then it allows you to come home and be happy with your family then that's great because if you were stuck at home all day and you're miserable then how good an environment is that for your child to to be growing up in so um and and likewise if if you're able to you know reduce your hours and go part-time and that's what you want to do then yeah you should make that decision and don't let other people judge you for it I think that is part of the worry when I, I listen to people come in. It's like, what will other people think? You know, we heard a lot um, people saying, that's not what the other mums in my NCT group are doing. 
you know, or when I've spoke to other people in my NCT group, they've said, right, you're really going to do that and questioning their decision, which makes them think that they've done something wrong. Um, so all I would say is it's great to get input and understand what other people are doing. But essentially, no one can tell you what's right for you and your family. And you have to listen to that instinct that you've got and do what's right for you. The other noticeable difference I've had in coaching is the difference between that return to work if you're employed versus that return to work when you are self-employed. I think um, for people who are self-employed, they feel that they're making a choice between their business and their child. It's that pressure almost to go out there, prove what they've done before, um, to build their business back up again. But the reality is you can still work part-time when you are running your own business. Um, it's perhaps not so much thinking about doing something different, but does your business still need to look exactly the same as it did prior to having a child as it does now? When do you carry out your operations? You know, do you do you want to do it nine to five? Do you want to do it at other times? What what's within your gift to change? How can you make that more flexible for yourself if that's flexibility that you're looking for? Um other times they're looking for security is that aspect of I'm self-employed, I love being self-employed, but actually I don't know where my income's coming from next. So I need to think about going back into permanent employment. And that's a big shift for somebody to make when actually they, they don't really want to be employed, but they are willing to compromise that need because the, the need for security for them and their family is much bigger. So I think it's that understanding what your priorities are. Um, are you compromising in this situation for a period of time? If you have to say, I'm not going to have this business any longer, that's not a feeling. That's not to say, no, that didn't work. You had a successful business, but you've made a choice now to return to something that's going to offer you and your family what you need now and go into permanent employment. Or you've made a choice to rethink how that business operates so that it's more flexible around about you and your family. Whereas somebody who's employed, their dilemma is sometimes how to have the conversation about returning to work and what that looks like. Can they put in a flexible working request? What happens if that flexible working request is denied? What happens if that flexible working request is denied and it means they need to leave, but they leave all the money because they've taken extended maternity leave. And so there's a lot of factors that have come up in the coaching sessions that, that I run that you think that's just a woman returning to work. But there's so many different dilemmas that can come up depending on the individual circumstances. I think overall the advice is do what's right for you try to get the advice and support that you need to make that choice that's right for you and don't let other people judge you for making the decision that's right for you oh that's perfect i think that's a perfect place to stop thank you very much so 
I really hope that people experiencing this stage in their careers get a chance to listen to all your invaluable knowledge today. And if you need any further support, Lisa is very willing to help anyone. So just pop her an email to lisa at theparentcareercoach.com. Uh, please like and share this podcast and look out for more episodes coming soon. If you want to know more about The Purposeful Leader, check out our page on LinkedIn for the latest blogs, videos and insights. Thanks so much. Goodbye.